Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello again, welcome to this week's Man on the Post podcast. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, we're part of the World Football Index and uh, with me this week, I've got Ryan. How are you? Hello, I'm good, thanks. You? Very good, thank you very much. Um, in a change to probably a bit of scheduling, this week's podcast is dedicated to uh, Emre Chan's right foot. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a goal Not that bad was. Not goal, was it? No, we'll talk about that in a bit, but my God, I watched that about 20 times. I do love Emre Chan. He's probably my favourite Liverpool player. Really? I think so, yeah. He's coming Do- close to filling the Alonso-shaped hole in my heart. Ooh, that's, that's a big hole as well. It is. It's a really big hole, considering it sort of had a Mascherano double whammy. <laughs> but, yeah, oh, yeah. It's, a, it's big shoes. I think he is my favourite. I'm trying to think who else it could be. It's definitely him. I think it... No, I think... Well, the other players you've got are just a bit sort of... Meh at the moment, really. Yeah, Sane could get up there. I just Emery Chan would be the kind of sort of ball playing player I'd quite like to be. Yeah. If I wasn't nearly forty and overweight and shit at football. And playing in goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Other than that. <laughs> All right, but this week we're gonna be talking about the Champions League, a little bit of Europa League, some uh, leagues from around the world reaching their conclusion, Premier League, other bits and bobs and um that's it. I was going to say you had a game, but you don't have a game, do you? No, I don't have a game anymore. I mean, I need to think of a new one. Yeah. But that's actually difficult for people to do, because last time I had it, was just rubbish. Well, no, you... you... <laughs> it was rubbish the first week. After that, it got a bit more <laughs> difficult. <laughs> you just came across the uh, the brain of Mark, that was all. Well... <laughs> Uh, right, OK, so we'll start with the Champions League this week. We'll start last night, shall we? Because I've got a vested interest in that, because... I've always been a bit of a Juve fan. Uh, oh, two yeah. Gonzalo Higuain goals um, at the Stade Louis de Stadium. Uh, saw Juventus beat Monaco 2-0. Right. Um, I watched this whole game and oh, really it was... It wasn't so much the sort of rope-a-dope you'd think where Monaco was just blindly, blindly attacking and Juventus soaking everything up. I mean, they did have their chances. They had the, uh, I mean, Monaco had the chances in the first few minutes. They, Buffon made a save from Mbappe. Uh, somebody else had a header that Buffon had to save as well. So they did have to be there at the start. But once they settled into their stride, Juve, Marquezio was there at the middle, sort of dictating play. <laughs> I love Marquezio. Uh, do, do you really? I, I hadn't noticed by the man <laughs> on the post tweets all night long about they were just all centric to Marquezio. <laughs> <laughs> the amazing Marquezio. <laughs> Marquisio brilliantly watches on as Higuain scores a second. <laughs> Pretty much, I like that. Just you know, stands aloofly there as everyone's around him. <laughs> um, right, chance gone for Monaco, really, isn't it? Can you see them scoring two goals at uh, the Aventus Stadium? Definitely not. I mean, even one goal is going to be a bit of a squeeze. I mean, what is it? Six clean sheets in a row for Juve in Champions League I saw something yeah 6 and 10 just, clean sheets 9 out of 11 clean sheets in the Champions League this season I mean it's Buffon as well I mean come on it's his year nothing's stopping Buffon now there was a nice little bit on BT Sport beforehand with Mbappe and Buffon um, and again this sort of stat about Totti last week uh, Kylian Mbappe wasn't born till 6 months after Buffon had played in the World Cup 98 oh my god <laughs> Um, it's the first time Monaco haven't scored at home since November 2015. Jeez. Yeah. Mm. Um, God, I mean, did Juve soak it up and just hit them on the break? I mean, possession was 50-50 for the pair for the two sides. A little bit, but I think Juve sort of they obviously went out went out with a game plan, and they are very very good at soaking up pressure and, and not conceding. So, you know, it's difficult to sort of think. 
that Juve didn't weren't in control. It looked like they were just they were happy to play their game, wait for the chances, and I mean, especially with the first goal, I think the football was just so fantastic as well. On the break, I mean that Danny Alves assist is just cool. which one ridiculous. Well, the the back heel, yeah, it's just ridiculous. You you to do that in a Champions League semi final, it's just phenomenal. See, how did he know he was there? I mean, presumably Higuain must have given him a call. I think it's, Alves is one of those players that I think over the years has been a bit underrated, really, in terms of his impact on games and sort of just his general ability. But a no look past I me, mean, yeah, you. you even have a shout from behind you to know the exact placement with a back heel and to know it's definitely your player as well not one of the Monaco players challenge you know cheat or something but it's just incredible game sense to know exactly where he was going to be at that point yeah you know if Joe Cole and Blanca from Street Fighter 2 had a baby it would be Danny Alves (laughs) they do look the same they sort of it looks like some kind of I can see that yeah (laughs) um Monaco's 58th game of the season you can forgive them for being a little bit knackered can't you yeah and I think the other thing is well, we're getting to that the tail end of the season anyway and as I said you've had, they've had so many games but also the attention that they're getting um, because of all the, the transfer rumours and the potential dealings I think is definitely going to have an effect as well because you're getting to that thing where it's, you may be thinking maybe this is my final few games at this club Um so that sort of might have a bit of an effect, or you're just sort of thinking the season's almost over. We can, will I move on? Will I not move on? And that's that's probably something that's you know weighing them down. They're a relatively young team. Yeah, they're not used to this kind of speculation, are they? Or this mm. kind of attention. Um. Although to be fair, the second leg is pretty much going to be as was the first leg, isn't it? Juve can defend, Monaco have to attack. So the game plans haven't really changed that much, have they? No, it'll be a carbon copy, really. Uh, I, just, I think Juventus will be a bit more dug in. Uh, probably still trying to counter, but maybe not be as adventurous on the counter. Maybe sort of trying it if it if it doesn't isn't going to work, then sort of take a step back and hold possession. Uh, was Giorgio Chiellini lucky to stay on the pitch? I've watched this back a few times, and it's difficult because he, he's watching the ball the entire time. This is the elbow on. Radamel Falcao, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So again, it's difficult because he, he's looking at the ball, but it's almost like he knows he's, he's there, and he, his elbows are a very unnatural angle, yeah. from what I can tell. And it's sort of almost like he's just—he knows I'm going to step back here and, and, and give him one. It, his arm doesn't move towards his body; moves towards Falcao. Mm. But it's definitely a, a booking. In, but whether it's a red, I still—I'm not really sure. They've got to be careful because. I mean, Kadira is suspended for this game. You don't want to lose Chiellini for the final, do you? And, of course, I think Marchisio got booked and somebody else got booked as well. So you don't want to start losing players at this late stage for the final. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, booking in the the next game. Juventus are a team that I I don't know who's there to fill in the gaps if Chiellini isn't playing, for example. I don't know who their sort of third or fourth choice centre-back is to sort of cover that gap. So it's... Especially going into a final, you need everyone available top tip top condition. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh briefly can you see Monaco turning this around? No. No. That's pretty much resounding as well. I can't yes. I, I, I mean, can't see it either. It's gonna be just the way that Juventus have defended, it's it's so difficult to think. Monaco are a very good attacking team, but they're away from home, it's gonna be a really tough one. Yeah. Well, speaking of another team that's going to be up against it in the return leg, um, Real Madrid 3, Atletico Madrid 0. A Cristiano Ronaldo hat-trick. Was it his 47th hat-trick? I think it was. I saw a lot of stuff about his his goal numbers because I did see something where Real Madrid said it was his 400, 400th goal for them, but it's actually only 399th. It was very weird. I saw a lot about goals. Hmm. I um, I watched a little clip of him scoring his first ever hat-trick for Manchester United. That was in 2008. Jeez. So he joined them in 2000. It took him five years to score a hat-trick. That's unbelievable. Yeah, so if you think it took him that I mean, unbelievable in the fact that it took him that long, and unbelievable in the fact that what he's done since then. Yeah, but, I mean, he's just he's an incredible player. And we'll always say, you know, who's better, Messi or Ronaldo? I'll, I'll always say Ronaldo just because he has proven himself multiple times. I mean... The first goal was just a sort of a simple header, but the second goal was just a smash from 
on the volley. I've written woof next to it. <laughs> yeah, and, and even his third was, was, it was a bit of an easy goal, but again, good positioning and the calmness to finish. Oh, he still sent the keeper the wrong way, didn't he, on that third goal? Oh, yeah, he did, yeah. That second goal I like all the more because of um, Stefan Savage's despairing dive as well. <laughs> That's always good to watch. Um, I was talking to you pre-pod, wasn't I? Justin Bryant from Keepers Union having a little tiny pop at Jan Oblak um, saying that for the second goal he had his hands round about his knees uh, when Ronaldo struck the ball. His hands should have been a little bit higher and maybe he could have got that ball if his hands were that bit higher. I mean, because it might the, have the broke ball... his hand off, though. I mean, <laughs> it might. Have, them's the breaks, though. But I mean, yeah. it, it, it sort of wasn't too far from him. It kind of went over his head a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, a little bit. And when sort of a, a goalkeeper actually sort of you know tells you those things, you sort of you look at it a different way. And we were saying beforehand that oh, I've never really been a goalkeeper, so I wouldn't really think about it. I, I just saw the, the strike and think, what a strike! But then, yeah, someone actually said, well, actually. If his hands are a bit higher, he might have a better better chance of pushing it away. But I mean, still a great goal. But it's just, it's interesting to see the other the other side of the coin. Yeah, Tony Cruz had 123 touches in that game. Guess how many Ronaldo had? Uh, it's going to be significantly less, I imagine. It was. It's 50. 50 touches. Oh, jeez. 50 touches. Doesn't need that many. No, and I think he had five shots on target as well. Not uh, a bad return rate, is it? I'd, I'd have that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Atletico only one shot on target throughout the whole game, unfortunately. Um, in the way that Monaco Juventus is tactically hasn't really changed, the roles are reversed significantly here, haven't they? Real Madrid have got to defend and Atletico Madrid have got to attack. Yeah, it's going to be such a, a weird one. I, I, again, it's another uh, game where I don't think there's any way back for Atletico. Um Maybe if it was one or even two nil, you maybe. But three is just, yeah, I think it's just too many. It's too much. They did yeah. quite well against them in the league. Atletico do, uh, but Real seem to have got the hoodoo on them in the Champions League. They've uh, won in the last three times they've met because it was twice in the final and once in the quarter final, wasn't it? Yeah, there's a lot to be said about sort of superstition or sort of streaks. I mean, that's why the term bogey team exists or bogey situation. You know, every club or team has got someone they hate playing against in certain situations in the league they don't seem to have any fear um, in the Champions League either Real Madrid are just a whole lot better or Atletico are just scared of winning the Champions League and just the, the, that fear just can't carry them through Who's Chelsea's bogey team? It used to be like Middlesbrough but that, that, that's changed a lot since I don't really know probably you actually <laughs> Uh, just over, just over, maybe a few years ago when it was the, the you know all those Champions League games and the league where we we seemed to play you like four or five times every season. Yeah, but again, you'd beat us in the league, we beat you in the Champions League. Yeah, we 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 had a bigger version to the Champions League for a long time. I could have seen Liverpool's bogey teams, Leicester City. That's I, fair. I can remember Steve Claridge scoring a winner in a three-two win back in sort of the early noughties or the late nineties. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying to think of any other teams that sort of we class as bogey team for Palace, either Chelsea or Liverpool. Mm. Yeah, Palace, absolutely. No. Um, no team has successfully defended the Champions League trophy. Uh, and also one thing I wrote down as well: um, Cristiano Ronaldo has scored 103 Champions League goals. Atletico Madrid have scored 100. <laughs> I saw that the other day. <laughs> it's pretty good, isn't it? Uh, yeah, no team has successfully defended that Champions League trophy at all. Um, it will be interesting, unless either Atletico or Monaco can do something ridiculous. It will yeah. be interesting again to see a team that can attack versus a team that really can defend. Absolutely, I, I really did just want Juventus to win it. I think they deserve it, and everyone. Wants to see Buffon lift a trophy, lift that trophy. Who wouldn't want to see that? Exactly, and then he'll probably cry, and then you know he'll probably retire. Yeah, like, like, like that uh, Lebanese bloke we were on about. He just might shoot himself in the pitch. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's not going to get any better than this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, look, okay. Um, when are the return legs? Are they next week or the week after? Oh, I think they're next week. I'm, I saw something about the tenth. Yeah. yeah. Um. Other games coming, well, some games coming this weekend over in uh, 
the world of Europe and beyond. Uh, it's Besiktas versus Fenerbahce in the Turkish league. That's normally quite a, a noisy affair, isn't it? Mm. Um, and did you see about the young Czech midfielder, uh, Frantisek? I'm going to really help with my spelling here. <laughs> Frantisek Rajishkal. I'm really sorry about. <laughs> well, the, the subject matter is pretty appalling, so I'm, I'm really struggling with this pronunciation. Sorry. I can't read my handwriting. Uh, he plays in the Turkish league for again. Mm. I can't pronounce this this team unfortunately because of my stupid handwriting. Um, he's committed suicide, age 31. Did, 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 has anyone said why or no one quite knows as yet uh, but that was announced earlier on this week um, so I mean that was a pretty shocking thing I mean I can't remember any football I really do apart from uh, there's a couple I think I can remember um, uh, oh the goalkeeper what was his name the German goalkeeper I've got his book German. upstairs oh I can't remember I can't remember his name before. I can picture him. I can see his book upstairs, the <laughs> Roland Wren book, A Life Too Short. And I can't remember his name. Uh, and just in fashion as well. But it's something incredibly unusual. I mean, the, the, the biggest one for me, football-wise, obviously not a player at the time, but um, Gary Speed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The manager of a national team. And that, that, that one was such a big shock to everyone. It was sort yeah. of, You just sort of think, oh, okay. Exactly. Robert Enker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, remember him. Uh, yeah, pretty awful news. Um, right, other things we have going across as well in Europe. We've got League One, uh, or oh, League One, League Un. Sorry, I wrote a one. <laughs> I was going to say that Europe. <laughs> it's in Europe for a bit longer. Well, <laughs> uh, PSG versus Bastia and Nancy versus Monaco. Now, Monaco are on eighty-three points. Um, PSG are on eighty, uh, but Monaco got a game in hand. That's scored ninety-five goals as well in the league this season. Did you see? Uh, PSG last week versus Nice. I saw a little bits of it, and didn't they? They lost sort of quite convincingly, as well, didn't they? Well, they lost two one. Balotelli scored, uh, and then Balotelli did a little thing where he started showboating on the sidelines for about ten seconds, and Blaise Matuidi thought, "I'm not having any more of this," and went straight through him. <laughs> um, and they also lost Thiago Motta to an off the ball incident red card, and then uh, Angel Di Maria with a sort of Cantona esque red card. Yeah, it was both of those. Stupid, stupid red card in that very short amount of time. Because I remember I saw you tweeting about it. I was like, "Oh God, I'll check this out." Because we said at the time it was great shit. How's I don't know what Di Maria is trying to do. That's awful. I mean, I just turned over from watching Inter Milan Napoli. That was quite a good game. Um, and I thought it, it, and you could, I could sort of sense it on my Twitter timeline that it was going to kick off in the PSG game. So I thought I'm going to watch that for an absolute lull. Um, and it didn't disappoint in any way whatsoever. Standard stuff, really. Like, yeah, I, I really do enjoy those games where you you, you flick it in, and you start watching, and you just like, I know there's tension here. Oh yeah, it's all gonna it's all gonna boil over. It's all gonna be handbags in a minute. Exactly, Diego Godan in the 85th minute of next week's Champions League time. Yes, <laughs> he will do something. Uh, it's the A League final this weekend. It's going to be the big blue derby, uh, Sydney FC versus Melbourne Victory. Um, Bessart Berisha for Melbourne victory became the first player to score 100 A-League goals it's a big accomplishment it is it is a big accomplishment hey there's an article uh, all about him as my pinned tweet if you just follow C Armband it's there <laughs> shameless plug and it's if you follow shameless plug in the middle of the podcast oh, I know <laughs> and if you follow the link on my uh, biography it takes you to my blog where I write all about the Big Blue Derby another shameless plug Oh my god! I'll have to tweet them over the weekend. I think. Yeah, as I was say, you definitely gonna have to do that when this goes live. You definitely have to tweet them again. Yeah, <laughs> he's an interesting lad, Barisha. Have you ever seen him? No. He's born in Kosovo, played for Albania, brought up in Germany, and sort of nobbled around, not doing an awful lot in Germany. He's been a bit in Scandinavia, played for Burnley for a little bit as well, um, and he ended up over in Australia, kind of like a last chance saloon. And he's really, really found his straps first with the Brisbane Raw. And then with Melbourne victory, um, he's now switched nationality as you can do, and he's playing for Kosovo. Made his debut for them in the last round of World Cup qualifiers. He's also applying for Australian citizenship. Wow, okay, that's good. So, I think he's had three nationalities. <laughs> I think <laughs> you know, you never, you might as well. Brilliantly feisty player, really, really good fun to watch. He, um, uh, he's. 
uh, what did he challenge someone to a fight? I can't remember who it was, but he had a tete-a-tete with someone on the pitch. And as he's walking off, he grabbed hold of his arm, tried to drag him in the tunnel because he's trying to sort of finish it off in the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he, um, he got racially abused by Dean Buzanis, ex-Liverpool player Dean Buzanis, called him a fucking gypsy. Um, in the game last week, that's month. Um, I think that was in the big blue derby as well. Um, he'd scored a goal and it was an own goal actually. Borussia had scored. It was an own goal. Borussia, oh, oh, explain this again. They thought Borussia had scored a goal. It didn't. It had gone in as an own goal. Uh, and there was lots of sort of consultations with the referee. It was against Melbourne City. Um, because Tim Cahill got sent off. He didn't even on, it wasn't even on the oh, pitch. Oh, it was that game. Yeah. That's yeah. right. And then he celebrated right in the face of Buzanis when the referee gave the goal. Status. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. So he's a, he's an interesting player. He's not the best player, but he's what you call a trier. You'd like him on your team, I think, and he'd be a pain in the neck to mark. Yeah. Um, also coming up this weekend, uh, it's Milan Roma in, um, Serie A. Roma just a point now ahead of Napoli after they lost 3-1 in the uh, Derby de Capitale last week uh, and Napoli beat Inter Milan 1-0 um, because top three have Champions League football in Italy but the third place team has to go for a playoff okay so who's so in third sorry Napoli are in third by point at the moment behind Roma Juve are way off in the lead I think they can win the title this weekend um, in fact, they can win the title this weekend in the Torino derby as they uh, Turin derby as they play Torino. Oh, that's going to be good for them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Today is the anniversary of the Gran Torino team and their plane crash in the late 1940s. Um, a very good book about that by Dominic Bliss. If you hit him up and try and buy that, uh, a few incidents in Italy this weekend. Francesco Totti, well, he's not announced his retirement. His club have basically announced his retirement and said they're <laughs> going to offer him a director's role next year. Um, he's not come out and denied that. It's, it's one of those, we don't want you to play anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> please, yeah. you might as well retire. It's like mutual consent when everybody else decides you should go. Yes. <laughs> uh, and also, sort of, uh, quite unsavoury scenes in Calgary as uh, Pescara Suleiman Tari was... Uh, racially abused something along the lines he was racially abused by a young fan with his parents so in the 90th minute he went over and gave the boy his uh, I think he went to give the boy his shirt or something so he he didn't want the boy to think badly of him or he wanted the boy to grow up nicely so he went and did that he then went and remonstrated with the referee the referee wouldn't do anything about it at which point the referee booked him and Antari uh, then decided to walk off the pitch at which point he received a second yellow now his ban, one game ban for two yellow cards stands. They're not going to punish Calgary, the Italian authorities, because they don't think enough fans took part in the abuse to warrant. Um... <laughs> every, every time I hear it, sorry, it's yeah, so good. To, to warrant uh, to warrant further investigation, which makes you think, well, what number have they got in mind? Is there some number written down? Do you, do you think they've got like, well, it's got to be five thousand people, and they're going, oh, sorry, it was four thousand nine hundred ninety-nine. Yeah, exactly. Can't do anything about it. Sorry. If only one more person racially abused yeah, you, we yeah, could have done something. Sorry, yeah. if you, you should have, you know, gone over to more people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Antonio Rudiger of Roma has also complained about being uh, racially abused as well in the Rome derby. Um, speaking of walking on the pitch, remember when Kevin Prince Boateng walked off the pitch for Milan? Oh yeah. So that was in a friendly against the fourth division teams. I don't think anything happened with that. But people often say it's going to take someone to walk off the pitch for something to happen. As if. <laughs> it, it's, it's one of those things that, the thing that interests me is, you know, will, if these sort of things continue, is is this what's going to make a lot of Italian players or people playing in Italy move to the Premier League and other leagues? You know, there's, there's a lot of players that are currently sort of under that sort of cloud at the moment where they, they could move to other leagues or big teams and is, is this just going to push people over the edge to leave I mean why would you want to stay if, I don't if you're just getting abused every week I don't think so I mean you look at incidents that are taking place elsewhere Danny Alves got racially abused someone threw a banana at him in La Liga so he picked it up and ate it oh, yeah, so exactly. it, if, it, if it happens in a league like that um, and you still have um, you still have black players playing there um, I mean imagine somewhere like Russia yeah, black oh, players yeah. still playing in Russia, don't you? And then there oh. was also the young lad called Everton who was abused, uh, the Partizan Belgrade player who was racially abused as well this season. I think he's still playing in Serbia. 
And I think it was in the um, Celtic Rangers game as well. I saw there was a picture of um, someone racially abusing um, Scott Sinclair. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I mean... It happens everywhere. It happens everywhere, unfortunately, doesn't it? It's horrible to to think that it's still happening. Yeah. And and to get booked and then get banned because you're you're trying to raise your concerns. Yeah. You kind of think, well, I haven't really got anywhere to go. No. Um... Okay, right. Uh, in the championship, last weekend of the championship, the uh, top positions are pretty much sewn up. So you've got your four uh, playoff teams decided, unless Leeds pull off some kind of 13-goal turnaround and Fulham <laughs> lose. Um, the bottom of the championship is where it's at. So you've got uh, bottom of the team, bottom of the table are rather on 22 points, although somehow they've managed to pick up four points in their last two games, which is kind of a little bit <laughs> too little too late. Um, Wigan are also relegated on 41 points so then you've got one relegation place to play out between um, Blackburn who occupy the last place at the moment on 48 points on goal difference above them is Forest and then above them by two points is Birmingham City so this weekend uh, Blackburn are away at Brentford uh, Birmingham are away at Bristol City I think sort of secured their own destiny a week or two ago uh, and Nottingham Forest are home to Ipswich Town. Ipswich are on a drivelling run at the moment. They never seem... Every time I watch the Channel 5 programme, they all seem to lose. All three teams are playing someone that haven't really got anything to play for. So... Could be an interesting one then. It, yeah, it could be an interesting one. It could really be which of those teams are going to have the most fight. The other thing that isn't really quite decided is the uh, actual uh, championship trophy. You've got Brighton top on 92 points, Newcastle on 91. Um, and you've got Brighton away at Aston Villa this weekend. And Newcastle are at home to Barnsley. You kind of imagine they're both... Winnable games. You thought so. I don't know, Newcastle, things in Newcastle, you can sort of see them having odd games every now and then, can't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it'd be good, I don't know if it's good to see them back in the Premier League, actually. I was going to say it's good to be good to see them back, but I don't know about that. (laughs) Especially with Benitez as well. What? Yeah, come on. Come on, he won his European Cup. (laughs) I hate Benitez. You hate him, he won you a European trophy. Yeah. Grateful swine. What's wrong? (laughs) What did he ever do badly for your club? He turned up. He turned up. Go on then. What did he do? He, he turned up. I tell you what. No, no, no. The thing is, right. I, th- I can't remember who. I think it was. Was it Di Matteo that got sacked? And then I, I, was, I was sitting at uni, and I can't. It's all the things like Rafa Benitez currently the favourite. And I was like, no, yeah, no. Rafa Benitez is never going to join Chelsea. Liverpool, nah, never going to happen. Is it all because of the plastic flags thing? Eh, a little bit, but it's just it's just generally Benitez was just I just really dislike Benitez. Why? He had a history with the club as well before you know all those games, all those times that he beat us and yeah, just oh. managers beat you all the while. Well, not beat yeah, you, but well, man, you know, managers beat other teams all the while. I know. I just it's something about Benitez. The, the no, I just don't like. Him. Oh come on! <laughs> he won you a European trophy. I don't understand this. Are Chelsea fans that don't like Benitez? It's just because no one wanted him in the first place. Right, so then he came in. He didn't get you yeah. in the Champions League, but then nobody was yeah, going to. No... <laughs> <laughs> right, Hiddink out last season? Nah, Hiddink was great. Oh, there you go I then. <laughs> so he didn't get the Champions League football, which nobody would have done, to be honest. He won you a European trophy. What more could he have done? Stepped aside for someone else. <laughs> Seriously, what more could he have done? That no, I, it, it's a fair point. I just the, the I didn't want him in the first place. He didn't excite me. It wasn't like the manager that I was like, I really want to watch Chelsea today. It, it wasn't a great time. I mean, yeah, the Europa League was just unbelievable. But at the same time, I was just like, this isn't this isn't what I want. This season, obviously, this is amazing. But you know, this is what like, a manager that I can get behind. <laughs> Benitez, I just couldn't get behind. He was right about the plastic flags, though. Well, everyone's everyone's right about the plastic flags. The plastic <laughs> flags are <was> stupid. <laughs> okay, well, look, that's the championship. League one is sewn up with the ups and the downs. Um, League two, League two is quite exciting. Have you seen that? I haven't actually. 
Uh, League Two, Leighton Orient obviously are relegated, uh, which was quite well publicised last week. The final playoff position is between Hartlepool, who last week dropped into uh, the playoff place, uh, and Newport County. Uh, Hartlepool are two points behind. They got 43 points. Newport County got 45. Um, where are they this weekend? Newport are at home to Notts County, uh, managed by Kevin Nolan. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, and Hartlepool are home to Doncaster Rovers, already promoted Doncaster Rovers. So Doncaster Rovers in second. Yeah, that's going to be pretty... That's going to be a bit tough. Mm, tough. It's going to be good. good. It's always good when things go down to the final day, though. Yeah, except if you're there. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, League 2, I should imagine, is like many of these lower leagues where one team can beat another on any given day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and speaking of which, have you seen the playoff places? No. Okay, so the playoff positions, are you said the top three go up automatically. So from fourth down to seventh is where we're at. So there is between Carlisle United in sixth place, so occupying the penultimate playoff place um, down to Mansfield Town in 12th anyone there and in between can get into the playoffs Jeez. so it's going to be interesting come this weekend that that could change an awful lot so it could be anyone of Carlisle Blackpool, Stevenage, Cambridge, Colchester Wickham, Mansfield Town uh, is that what I said? Mansfield yeah. Town, yeah, that's as far. Yeah, so any one of those teams could end up in the any one of the two of those teams could end up in the playoffs. That's going to be insane, then. It is going to be really, really interesting. Carlisle and Blackpool—they're in the um, the driving seat at the moment. Uh, Blackpool at home to oh, Blackpool at home to Leighton Orient, already relegated Leighton Orient. Uh, so you kind of think that's a home banker. Hmm. Um, and. Uh, Carlisle are away at Exeter City. Now, Exeter City are a point of place above them in the playoffs. So, that's been a little bit tough. Yeah, it's just, oh, there's just quite a few games there that are going to be quite sort of tasty, actually. There's going to be a few. Yeah, there's plenty left to play for. Mm. So, that'd be quite interesting. Um, Vanarama playoffs this week. Aldershot Town lost 3-0 at home to uh, Tramere Rovers. Tonight, it's Forest Green Rovers versus Dagenham. Um, I find these a little bit interesting because you want the new teams to come up. Forest Green Road's got a nice ground and everything, but I feel sorry for the teams that have already been relegated trying to get back up. Yeah, it's going to be so tough. I feel for them. Did you see York City? No. Relegated last season from League Two. Uh, this weekend just gone relegated from the conference. Oh. Two successive relegations. That's not what you want. No, and they nearly survived as well. Um, they drew, I think, and Geisley, who were the other team that they were banking on overtaking, they got a sort of last-minute equaliser as well. So they um, they didn't do it, unfortunately. Jeez, um, I, I, I always get really confused when I see teams that get like constantly sort of relegated and, and whether they're such a, a sort of high in one division and it just goes so badly so quickly. What do you think, you, what's the difference? Your very own Northampton Town, of course. Oh, well, exactly. Went all the way from the fourth division up to the first, back down again. Yeah, and you got, like, obviously Portsmouth and people like that. I mean, the, the fact that you're, like, Blackburn, uh, you know, could get relegated. You're sort of just thinking, you know, they were a Premier League team. Yeah. I mean, I'm old enough to remember Wolves going down from the first division down to the fourth division as well. Mm. Uh, I think Northampton, when they did it, they went up in successive seasons and down in successive seasons. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um, so, I mean, I remember Luton when they were a first division team as well and they were non-league a couple of years ago. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I feel sorry for York City. I haven't gone all that way. I mean, you think one relegation is bad enough and then you think, right, we'll consolidate or we'll make a push for the playoffs. <laughs> no, you're going out the other end and you're no. playing <laughs> like Truro City or something. Yeah. <laughs> or Boston United or somebody like that. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Um... Europa League semi-final, Ajax 4, Leon 1. God, we watched the highlights of this, didn't we? Yeah, it's such a, I mean, Ajax are such a good team, really, and it, it was sort of one of the things that was like, this could be a good game, but you're not really sure, and then it turns out to be a massively good game. What was your man's name that scored the, the blonde-haired lad that scored the I think it's Dolberg. Goal? 
Yes, right. I like that goal. Smashed it, didn't he? Yeah, he just he thought, um, might as well like, just have, absolutely have it. Yeah, Traore's second goal I liked as well. I do like Bertrand Trick. It's interesting how this, you know, with all this talk about signing Champions League quality strikers or whatever, and you've got a potential Europa League quality striker out on loan. Traore from Chelsea. Is, oh, really? Yeah, yeah he's... um. Because he, he played a couple of games last season. I think Hiddink gave him a, a, gave him a go. He scored a couple of goals. And obviously went on loan to Ajax this season. Quite, scored quite a few goals. Of course, you've got Tammy Abraham's coming back as well, haven't you? Exactly. So it's just, you know, that's, it's always a conversation for a different podcast, but it's just the amount of quality players that are actually out on loan. I mean, you're looking at Quadrado, who's playing in the Juventus team that we're about to go into the final of the Champions League. Yeah. And just, He's been it's an, interesting. Hmm? He's been an important part of that team as well. Exactly. It just makes you think. I mean, Ajax definitely have benefited from Traore being there. You could argue that that success that he's having with Ajax is is a good thing for him. Yeah. But I mean, back to the game. The second goal was pretty great, actually. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Pretty mm. special. Um, you mentioned something about a Brazilian. Either you've had one or something in the news about them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Um, yeah, there, was a, there was a <laughs> there was a Brazilian player, sort of in a lower league in Brazil. Um, he was on the bench um, when the sort of the police sort of stopped the match, and he'd, he'd managed to evade capture since October kidnapping. Yeah. So in the middle of the match, the police came on, stopped the game, <laughs> arrested him, and dragged him off the pitch. While he was sitting, they just like, the police just walked up to the bench, and he was wanted on four arrest warrants. Wow, it's very similar to Anna Valencia. Do you remember he's playing the World Cup qualifier and they arrested him as he walked off the pitch? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well there you go. You just never know who you're playing against, what? do you? Exactly. You know exactly. When someone says, "I'll get you after the game," <laughs> maybe they will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, over to the Premier League. Um, Premier League fixtures will start at the bottom this weekend, seeing as that seems to be possibly the most exciting. I always find the bottom of the league more exciting than the top of the league. I don't know why. Because usually the top's normally sort of concluded by now, really. Uh, yeah, it is. I think it's just a battle to battle for survival, I think it is. So Hull uh, are playing already relegated Sunderland, um, who got Sebastian Larson back after suspension. A win for Marco Silva would equal uh, Steve Bruce's record of seven home Premier League wins uh, in a season of the Hall. So that kind of gives you um, a flavour of what he's managed to do since he came in in January. I really rate Marco Silva. Originally, you know, I remember saying on this podcast, I don't know who he is. He, he was a very random appointment. You went all Paul, um, Paul Mercenaries, didn't you? I was very much like, oh, God, these foreign managers coming in. <laughs> and... You know, he's, he's settled them down massively. Yeah, okay, their away form, you know, is still difficult, but their home form's been... I don't think... Have they lost at home? He's not lost at home in over 40... No, he's not. Yeah. So, I mean, they have lost at home, but he's not lost at home with them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that just says a whole lot about where they were yeah. at the start of the season to where they are now. Yeah, I mean, they've won their last two at home. Uh, although they've only won one in four at home versus Sunderland, but you've got a feeling it might be a little bit different. You think Sunderland's heads like might be down Sunderland, the Yeah, Sunderland aren't suddenly going to be like, actually, now that we've been relegated, yeah. let's start playing. Now the pressure's off. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they they got the um, the draw last week at Southampton. So they've got seven points out of their last nine. Unfortunately, it's also coincided with a run from Swansea as well, who are uh, at home to Everton. Um, Jefferson Montero is out Jonas Olsen's fit uh, although Everton have got Schneiderlin and uh, McCarthy out um, yeah Swansea are unbeaten in their last five versus Everton though same, same thing with Swansea really in terms of where they were to where they are now yes they're still towards the bottom of the table but generally they've been so much improved under Clement and it, may, it makes you sort of it makes me sad, really, that, that both of these teams are still struggling because they've, they have markedly improved. Yes, I would be quite happy to see West Ham and Crystal Palace go down instead of the pair of these. I'm, I'm not sure about West Ham. Crystal Palace, yes. Oh, That's the thing. I'm looking. I'm looking at the because Borough would be the other team going down, so it could in theory be Sunderland, Borough, and Palace. I'd, I'd prefer that than 
either Hull or Swansea. I, I think both Silver and Clement deserve more time in the Premier League to, to carry on the work that they've done so far. Well, Sunderland, I'm glad are going down. Middlesbrough, oh, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just annoyed at because they spent so long trying to get it and they've blown their chance. Um, Palace, yeah, be last to see Big Sam go I mean, down. Yeah, and exactly. West Ham, I'd love to see Big Sam go. West Ham with that spanking new free stadium to go down would just be superb as well. <laughs> And um, they were they were gonna get they were, you know, getting Europa League there, they were gonna really grow and <laughs> they are Exactly. Sick God. Uh Everton haven't lost their way against the side in the bottom three since two thousand and twelve, and who were they? Oh God. Oh I don't know. It's <laughs> an impossible quiz. No, who is it? Reading. Oh Red oh God. I remember when Reading were in the Premier League. I think I remember... twice, haven't they? Yeah, I remember sort of again. It was a, a sort of a uni memory, and I think I was moving into my house, and it was Chelsea Reading, and me and my dad, and we were sort of talk, we were listening to it on the radio. I was like, "We can't lose to Reading," <laughs> and and we lost like one 0 and I was like, "This is the most depressing thing ever." Was that Rafa? I oh, it would have been around Rafa time. Could have even been AVB. Yeah. Could have even been Villas Boas. I'm going to have to look that up because that's going to bother me. <laughs> um, when these two sides met at Goodison in the park, it was uh, 1 1. A shameless Coleman 89th minute goal uh, brought them level. So for these two, I'm going to go for a whole win and then a draw, I think, for Swansea Everton. Yeah, I think Swansea could. I think Swansea are going to draw, I think. And then. Yeah, I mean, Sunderland's so bad. Hell, hell have got to win. I mean, Everton are only two points behind. Arsenal. I know Arsenal got two games in hand, but that's you know is Arsenal. Yeah, well, Arsenal are the the going towards that point where they might start bottling it again now. So yeah, exactly. Uh, well, okay. We're also down the bottom for one of these next two teams. Uh, it's Chelsea versus Middlesbrough in the uh, Jeremy Derby. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy. <laughs> um, Chelsea have won their last six versus Middlesbrough, not conceded any. Borough haven't scored in the Premier League versus Chelsea since two thousand and one. So Jeremy could well have been there. Yep, I remember that one. Uh, that was you remember fun. it? Well, there was there was one where I think Borough beat us three 0 hmm. and that it might have been that game. Oh, really? Yeah. God um, damn it, Chelsea! Why'd you do these things to me? <laughs> <laughs> the next one, well, the next win for Chelsea in the Premier League will be their five hundredth. I can't wait. I mean, it's just every game I watch, it's so tense. Where are you now? You are four points ahead. So Tottenham can get to four points, 89. So you need eight points from four games. Yeah. Tottenham, I think we've got the easy run in. Um, They both play United, don't they? Yeah. I don't think many teams are really going to stop us now. Uh, But Tottenham, Man United, you know, they're very good at drawing. So I'd like them to draw again. Yeah. I don't don't think they can beat Tottenham. Yeah. but it's, it's, every game I'm just watching, especially you know the game against Everton, where it was just a bit of a slow start, and then it sort of picked up. I'm just so difficult every time to watch now. Yeah, Cesc Fabregas' next assist will give him the statistic of being the only Premier League player to have got more than ten assists in six different seasons. The thing about the the, the Fabregas stats is, and I think he's like the second all-time assist player in the Premier League. And I looked at that and I was just thinking, he was away for three, four years. <laughs> yeah. Like, where would he be if if he'd stayed? Yeah, he gets a lot of heat, I think, a bit unfairly. He's such a fantastic player. I, I really like Fabregas. He's, he's, he's not exactly the most offensive player. I think that's why Conte sometimes doesn't pick him. But I remember at the start of the season where it had been two or three games and they were like, Fabregas is on his way out. Conte doesn't like him. And I was sort of saying, well, no, he's just that he's, he's not suiting the style at the moment. But as we keep playing more games and we we progress in competitions, Fabregas will come into it and he'll start picking up assists and he'll start playing. And as soon as he comes into a game, he, he's usually got an assist by the end of it. Yeah, he's been around he's just, for an awful long time as well. Hasn't yeah, he? he he turned thirty today as well. So happy birthday to Fabregas! Oh, did he? Yeah. Well, there you go. Which is even weirder because again, he's been around forever. Yeah, exactly. He's only just turning 30. Yeah. Um, okay, I can only see this going one way. That's Chelsea, Middle by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're, we're doing the Diego Costa farewell tour. 
Oh, is that official? Or unofficially? <laughs> unofficially. The, the big rumours were that China had already agreed to deal. Um, it might be an opportunity for, Chelsea, for Chelsea fans to sign the John Terry stand proposal. I don't know if you saw that. No, I saw the Kenny Dalglish uh, stand. Yeah, so yeah, obviously Liverpool have named uh, one of the stands after Kenny Dalglish. So Chelsea fans thought, well, if they're doing it, we'll rename one of our stands to the John Terry stand. So there's a big petition going around at the moment. Is there? Yeah. Well, I mean, yes. I, mean, I suppose you um, you could make a case for it. He's been arguably almost successful captain. As long as they don't rename the Matthew Harding stand the John Terry stand. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I can't see it being a massive it, problem. It would be one of the stands that's just the, the East stand. Yeah. Yeah. Can't see it being a massive problem. I don't know. That seems quite fitting, I suppose. I think it would be good. Yeah. Um, Arsenal versus Manchester United. So this is the battle for well, one of the battles for fourth, isn't it? So you've got Manchester United in fifth at the moment on 65 points, a point behind Manchester City in fourth. Uh, six, five points behind Manchester City. Uh, Manchester United in sixth place uh, on 60 points. But with the game in hand is Arsenal. But this is an Arsenal, Arsenal side. Arsenal. Yeah, this is an Arsenal side without Granite Xhaka or uh, Mustafi. Um, I think the Xhaka thing is probably a benefit to them, though. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> He's such a liability. <laughs> uh, Jose Mourinho is uh, unbeaten in 12 league games versus Arsenal. Rooney scores 11 goals versus Arsenal. That's the most successful, most most of any Premier League player scoring against Arsenal. Um it's not looking good for them, although they did win this one 3-0 last season, this fixture. And before that defeat to Spurs, they'd won three out of four. Whereas United have only got two consecutive draws. Yeah. The thing is, I don't know if you heard, but it's good news for Arsenal fans. Mesut Ozil has had his driveway re and And the press are saying that's because he's signing a new deal. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was in a conference earlier and they said, oh, we see that uh, Mesut Ozil's getting his drive redone. That must mean he's staying, right? And <laughs> was just like, that's a conclusion that you've made, okay? <laughs> it's like when people start following other teams or players from particular teams on Twitter or Instagram. Isn't it? Oh, Ooh, that's yeah. yeah. Messi's, M- Messi wants to follow Chelsea, so everyone's like, Messi to Chelsea, confirm. Exactly. Exactly. And I am going to go to, for a honourable draw in this one, I think. A Man United draw, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, Man United draw, yeah. I think so. Uh, okay. currently win- Man United are currently winning. Yeah, Rashford. Scored. Yeah, Rashford free kick. Yes, I wonder if he died for that one. <laughs> uh, Liverpool versus Southampton in the, well, pretty much everybody derby. I was going to say. <laughs> Emery there's, there's Chan. There's people you can't do in that one. No, exactly. It's pretty much everybody, isn't it? Emery Chan. Can we talk about Emery Chan again? Just for the next half again, an hour or so. Oh, more God. and more. That's just... Oh. I originally when I'm I saw sticking, it, I'm sticking photos of that on my bedroom ceiling. <laughs> originally when I saw it, I said to a Liverpool fan, "Did he mean it?" What? He didn't even shit it like Rooney. Well, originally it looked like from the first couple of replays, it looked like he was trying to go in one corner and then in the other. Nah, he was trying to head it and he slipped up or something. Yeah. <laughs> he did say he was going to head it. That was his initial reaction, and then he just decided at the last minute to do that. Why not, right? Exactly. God. It did look a bit like it hit his shin, but you know, I'm just trying to take away your, your positive. <laughs> Sorry, you're an absolute bloody stickler. You are. It hit his shin. He only won as the Europa League. <laughs> Anything Liverpool related, clearly. <laughs> it takes a lot to please you. Um, right, Klopp has drawn two and lost one versus Southampton. But I didn't know this till today. Liverpool has scored 208 goals in the Premier League under Jurgen Klopp. Um, that Jeez. is. That sounds a lot, actually. Maybe I read it that. It is a lot. How, that how right? many games is that? Uh, I'm going to check this out again because that doesn't think, quite seem right. Thinking about it, but you have scored a lot of goals. 208 sounds a lot. It's just you concede a lot too. Yeah, right. Let me have a look. Premier League fixtures. These are Alex's. Um, I'm going to blame Alex. I think if this is wrong. Oh, Alex! Come there on. have been, there have been a Premier League high two hundred eight goals scored in match our matches involving them. <laughs> oh, I was going to say that's slightly how different. Many, how many goals did they actually score? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it doesn't say which way round. Oh, damn it! I'm feeling good until I saw that. Uh, Southampton's eleven wins. Um, they've got eleven Premier League wins this season. Seven of them have come on a Sunday, which is the day that they play. Ooh, yeah. 
they drew 0-0 with Hull last week, didn't they? They had that penalty that was saved in the last minute. And Liverpool had that goal, um, that win against Watford. Emre Chan scored that goal, have I told you that? Uh, did he? But what type of goal was oh, it? Honestly, you should look it up on the net, on the YouTube. Honestly. If you got it, like, is it like a rolling desktop background for like pictures of him kicking it? Yeah, I'm considering renaming one of my children in return. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> I do. Um, I got a feeling Liverpool are going to struggle, but Southampton only got one win in five at Anfield. You always think they're going to struggle, though. I know, you I always like, every time it's Liverpool, it's going to be like, no, we're going to lose. It's the ultimate pessimist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on, cheer me up. I think it'll be a tough game, Southampton. Uh, a very very good team I mean there'll, there'll be a lot of you know oh I remember you I remember you I remember <laughs> you as well so um, there'll be quite a few sort of little reunions as there always is but oh when I the think, players I sort of had their it. hug in oh, the tunnel yeah yeah the, do you think they'll just line up and go wait am I in the wrong am, no I'm in the right lineup. no I'm in the <laughs> right Um I think I think you win it oh, let's hope I doubt it let's hope I don't know, mm. they play good, attractive football, Southampton. I'm not sure whether they're the kind of team that can just sit back and... I don't think they can. No. And they've sort of proven that they're very, very good at sort of countering and, and break and sort of attacking teams, but their defence isn't always the best, especially with Van Dijk out. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, well, look, looking to catch them, Liverpool up only three points behind is Manchester City, who are at home to Crystal Palace in the Jamie Pollock derby. <laughs> if you remember him. Yeah. Um... City have won eight out of nine games versus Palace, who have got no clean sheet versus Manchester City since 1993. Not that long ago, then. No, to be honest, it seems like ten minutes ago, 1993, mm. but it's um, it's obviously quite a lot longer than that. This was the game. Do you remember this one at um, Selhurst Park? This is the one where City won two one. This is the game where Pep brought Yaya Torre back in from the cold, didn't he? And he scored two oh, goals. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This was that game. Fraudiola, you mean, sorry. Fraudiola. <laughs> <laughs> if he listens to this, he's when he wins the league next season. He's going he's gonna to write in and say, Ryan, you doubted me last season. It'll lift this his, season I want to leave. It will lift his jumper up underneath. <laughs> Fuck you, Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, if, if that was happening, I'd just be like, you know what? He listened to the podcast. <laughs> exactly, I'd be quite pleased with that. <laughs> I'd be like, yes, yeah, screw the message. <laughs> um, Christian Benteke scored 22 against 22 opponents in the Premier League, but he's never scored against Manchester City. Is he going to do it this weekend in a winning, winning way? No. No? No. Man City, uh, they, need, they need the results. And they've been getting better as, as players have come back to fitness. Gabby so. Jesus is back. Yeah. God, he's scored, didn't he? He's so good. He is. I mean, half his goals as well have been given offside. Yeah, offside in his debut, the offside versus Manchester City uh, against Manchester United. So, mm. God, he's just beastly. So good. He is. He's really good. Um. All right, then. So we're both going to go for Manchester City in that one. Uh, yeah, I think so. West Ham Spurs in the Teddy Sheringham, probably loads of others as well. Derby. Do you know an anagram, an anagram of Teddy Sheringham was he'd shag dirty men? <laughs> is that on your stat sheet or is that just something you know? No, it's something I, it's not, it's something I know. I don't know why. It's <laughs> weird anagrams, is just something I know. Uh, Tony Blair MP was I'm Tory Plan B. Oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, David Ginola was Vagina Dildo. <laughs> um, and did you, do you remember Virginia Bottomley? Yeah. Uh, Virginia Bottomley I think was an anagram of Virginia Bottomley she was a conservative minister in the 90s and um, an anagram of that was uh, her name was I'm an evil Tory bigot <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the, the heat shag dirty men derby um, Andy Carroll's a doubt as ever uh, Kyle Walker and Danny Rose are doubts on the wing links with Walker being moved away in the summer because apparently he was unhappy being dropped in the he's got a bit of a row apparently with yeah I miss the Kyle Walker bus. I just don't get Kyle Walker at all. No. I mean, I just find it amazing that you're still technically fighting for a league title and, and, you, and there are now bits coming out about spats with players. I mean, it seems like a very Tottenham thing to do at the end of a season where you need to keep <laughs> your, uh, you know, keep your momentum up. And then it's like, actually, this player wants to leave. Not only Play that. Five million, I saw. Yeah, not only that, but 
how thin-skinned is Kyle Walker just get the hump and want to leave a club just because he's dropped for one game? I mean, I'd be interested. Where's he going to go? Man City? He'll get dropped every day. <laughs> yeah, he will. Well, he'll build up some team's five Englishmen or homegrown players quotient, won't he? Well, that's why the, the cost would be so high. Where's he? Where would he go? Was he say City he was linked with? Well, I, I think I just saw 35 million. I'm just sort of thinking, where would he go? You can't imagine him going to anywhere like middle ta- mid table. Really, I can't think. He's a is he left back or he's right back, isn't he? Hmm. Oh, okay, I was just wondering if he was going to take Luke Shaw's place at City. Because Mourinho, again, yeah. has been digging up great big Luke oh, Shaw. Oh, God, I, I tell you what, I, I was talking to someone about this the other night, and Mourinho is just... Uh, you know, I've had problems with Mourinho in the past, and I've thought of him in Chelsea, but like, this whole thing just seems like full-on bullying. It and does. I just don't know how he's getting away with it. I mean, because th- obviously Luke Shaw went off and he said, oh, it best be a big injury. Yeah, he's out for the season. He's like torn an ACL or something. Oh yes, he said it. after eight minutes he better yeah. Um, even Chris Sutton is coming to Luke Shaw's aid, and that says a lot. Chris Sutton <laughs> says that what you're saying is terrible. Yeah, there's clearly a big problem there. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, it's Spurs, isn't it? I mean, they won. They won. Yeah, they won this three two November. They were two one down in the in the last minute, and Harry Kane scored two goals. I think I'm watching that. Um, 24 wins that Spurs have had. That's the most they've had in the league since 1966-67 season. Although, West Ham won this fixture 1-0 last season. When Spurs started going a bit Spursy in March. Oh, yeah. It's, it, the thing is, you, we normally wouldn't be able to see this, say this if Jesse was on. Because no. she'd just be like, no, guys, it's fine. No, she'll be shouting at us on the subway. <laughs> um, well, looking at what are you doing? <laughs> I'm still going to go for Spurs, I think. I think they're, they're playing too well to lose. Yeah. Exactly. I think until it's all said and done, I think they'll keep winning. I think when Chelsea secure it, I think then we're going to start seeing the tantrums come out. Yeah, I think so. Uh, next fixture, I've just written meh against uh, Burnley versus West Brom. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. Anything you want to mention on that? Well, I tell you what, um, Ber- uh, West Brom averaged three point three goals a game in matches versus Burnley. Really? That's it sounds a lot Surprising. for West Brom, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw West Brom fans are getting very upset with the classic Tony Pulis slump, where it's they've secured their place in the league, yeah, pretty much, and then they just don't they just don't win any more games. Yeah, which seems to be because we've been saying for ages that West Brom are in eighth, and thinking oh they could really push on, and and they're still eighth. Yeah. Just, I don't think Pulis cares. I don't think he wants to be too successful. Uh, no, he's got a rather hefty legal bill to pay back, isn't he? Maybe he's got yeah, his... exactly. So he's probably just thinking, I'm just going to sit where I am. Yeah, so exactly. Good. I don't want to do anything to rock the boat and maybe lose my job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Leicester versus Watford. This is the Jordan Stewart derby. Um, I tell you what derby this is. Do you remember the playoff semi-final these two had? Oh, a little bit, yeah. This was 2013, I think it was. Um... It, the, this was at Vicarage Road. It was the last minute. Leicester get a penalty, uh, and oh. a penalty, and Watford got the other end of the score. Yes, I and remember you, that. Yeah, yeah. Do you know who was on the bench that day for Leicester? Jamie Vardy and oh, and yeah, oh, I don't know. Harry Kane. No. Yeah. Oh my god. That was when he was doing his loan tour. Oh yeah, of course. An unused substitute that day, Harry Kane. Mm. Um, Wes Morgan out, uh, injured. Um, Robert Huth is back in after that sore finger he tweeted. (laughs) (laughs) Um, City have lost one in five versus Watford in the Premier League and Mahrez has scored in his last two games against them as well. So um, I'm kind of going for that one. Watford won 2-1 at Vicarage Road, but Shakespeare Shakespeare, Craig Shakespeare is aiming to win his first five home Premier League games as a manager a feat only achieved by three other managers who are uh, Ancelotti yeah um, the next two Manchester City managers is it Pep no uh, wouldn't, be, wouldn't be Fraudiola would it well I was thinking to be honest, I was like it can't be that. I thought I'd guess <laughs> it anyway. uh, no not Mancini oh um, Pellegrini is the yeah I'm say I'm not sure who the third. Sven. Would it have been Sven? Yeah, I was going to say, would it have been Sven or Mark? Mark. I can't see it being Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes. It was definitely Sven. Well, yeah. 
he had that good start with um, Bojinov and people like that. Do you remember? And uh, Elano. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, Elano and people like that. Oh, Elano, yeah. He was a good player, wasn't he? Yeah. I he, liked that team. It was a good team, yeah. They ended up going to Turkey, didn't they? And then he still had the sort of waves and the strays like Robbie Fowler and David James and people, didn't he? Yeah, which was very strange at the time. It was like you got all these exciting sort of new players and it's like Robbie Fowler and David James. Oh. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I'm going to go for Leicester in this one. Yeah, I think they're they're on very very good form. Yeah. Super. Right. Well, that brings us to the end of everything I've got written down. You got anything? AOB. Uh, no. And I like the abbreviation. Have you never heard it before? I have. It's just, it's just always it's <laughs> AOB. It's just it, everything sounds cooler when it's abbreviated. Do you think? Mm. I'm a young and now, and I I don't like talking proper. You're a spotty youth that only does things in 140 characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like if I could just talk in emotes. You know, <laughs> what? Why not? Why use words? Whereas, honestly? really, I'd, I'd be writing this podcast out longhand with a quill if I could. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, look, okay, thank you ever so much. If they want to follow you, how do they do that on Twitter? My Twitter handle is the Ryan Goodman. At the Ryan Goodman, right? Okay. At Man on the Post is the Twitter account for Man on the Post, and also the Instagram account. We are part of the World Football Index. That's at World Football I and WorldFootballIndex.com. They have podcasts uh, from. All across the world, talking about Copa Libertadores in South America, Liga MX and MLS in North America. Uh, in Europe, they do leagues in uh, Germany, Russia, Italy, Spain, uh, England, and anywhere else you can care to imagine. They're also launching a Patreon service if you subscribe. Um, for $5 a month, if you subscribe, you become part of the World Football Index community. We gain access to the exclusive private Facebook group uh, where you can chat with experts. I don't know if that includes me or you or not. Well, I'm assuming not. <laughs> Do I sound like an expert? Um, I don't know. Maybe an expert on... I don't know. It doesn't say football. An, an expert on hating Rafa Benitez. Yes, you could be an expert on that. Um, God knows what I could be. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I'm an expert think... on pessimism. Yes. There you go. Uh, yeah, I could be your pessimism expert. Yeah. <laughs> we can help you with that. Uh, you'll also add to your Twitter community... Uh, list and you get a Twitter follow back if you don't already. Uh, £10 contribution gets you all of the above, plus you get to submit questions to be answered on your favourite WFI podcast. We're going to be held to account on these things. These, what sort of questions are we going to have to answer? I mean, I these are... oh. Hopefully football. <laughs> Not like Donald Trump's foreign policy or something like that. Who's your favourite? What's, what's your favourite supermarket? Oh, no. Oh, that would be Nisa. Nisa. Yeah, oh, honestly. I've got oh, a, my God. I do a lot of travelling around in Cornwall for my job, and I'm an expert on the small convenience <laughs> there stores. There you go, that's, that's, your, uh, oh, that's, my t- that's your expert thing, yeah. Yeah, oh, I'm an expert on local convenience stores in Cornwall, whether it's the little co-ops or whether it's the Premiers or the Nisas. That'd be my I'm thing. in Cornwall this weekend. Which Nisa should I visit? Yes, give me... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, supermarkets in Cornwall. That's my specialist subject. If anyone wants to ask That's your mastermind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That and Liverpool. Um, okay. So you can request articles or specific topics from our writing team. You also get access to uh, the manager press conference audios, which are pretty good, actually. Have you ever listened to those? Mm, I really enjoy them, man. Yeah, they are quite good because you get to sort of hear the questions of the sort of pregnant pauses as the managers sort of listen and reply back um, $15 a month gets you all the above plus you get to receive a book of your choice from the World Football Index book list and we went through some of these last week didn't we yeah how many have you bought in between uh, none I've, I've not bought anything recently <laughs> actually Glad. Uh, the ball is round David Goldblatt behind the curtain Jonathan Wilson uh, a few others what have we got um Football Against the Enemy, Simon Cooper, uh, which is very old but still very good. Uh, Soconomics, which I can recommend. Loads of them. Biographies on Jurgen Klopp. Pep Guardiola. I could read that. In fact, there's two, actually. There's Pep Guardiola, Ooh. Another Way of Winning, and Pep Confidential. Uh, there's also a biography of um, Louis van Gaal. And there's autobiographies. Andrew Pirlo, Johan Cruyff, Zlatan, uh, Dennis Bergkamp, <laughs> Ian Wright, and Ray Parler. Um and there's also football coaching books available as well, tactics books as well. So, well, I was going to say, what, what's your personal biggest recommendation from that list? From that list? If I was to buy a book tomorrow. I would suggest, well, The Ball is Round is great. It's just 900 pages long. 
I just yeah. I don't have time for that. Well, I don't. Pages. Yeah, I know. I I would say James Montague's thirty-one nil. Okay, I would. But that's quite a well-known one. If you're looking for one that's not quite so well-known, Outcast, the lands that FIFA forgot. Steve Menry is really good. It's about all these teams that aren't FIFA members um, that either are looking to become FIFA members or they take part in the island games or the or the sort of non-FIFA football tournaments. You get things like Shetland Islands or the Falklands or um, Kosovo were there at some point as well before they became FIFA members. That's quite a good book. Mm. So check those out. Okay. I also bought Mr. by Rory Smith today, which is about um, football coaches from England that went out and taught the world how to play football so they could come back and spank us. <laughs> I'm quite looking forward to reading that. So I'm going to give that one a go, I think. Mm. Um, so yeah, there we go. Give one of those a try. Um, as I say, that's at World Football Line. That's worldfootballindex.com. Uh, if you like what you hear from either us or World Football Index, you can rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, any five-star reviews are more than gratefully received. Um, you can subscribe on iTunes and they arrive automatically you can follow an Acast and they fall automatically in your inbox as well um, and I think that's it have I missed anything out? oh yeah that's everything I think that's what you normally cover I think so that's that one, my, that's my deep breath exhaled so I think that's everything <laughs> I've done so there uh, ok well thanks so much Ryan thank you and always remember to keep your man on the post uh-huh.